Before we begin with this episode, I would just like to take the time to ask for prayers. My daughter, one of them, is in the hospital in a coma and on a ventilator. This is her third week. She's 28 and she's a mother of three. She just had the baby at 32 weeks before they put her on the ventilator They did an emergency C-section and delivered the baby. She caught the Delta variant. She didn't have a chance to get vaccinated. She was pregnant. So everybody, please say just a prayer for me, my family, and for her and her children. Thanks. We'll start. Hey, everyone. So we changed things up a little bit. The Thomas Fowler case. We have a few updates plus a recap of this horrible, horrible case. What we want to see happen? Simply, justice. This is Her Community 2 podcast. Dorothy Hill and me, Catherine, are your hosts. And now. Okay, this is just a quick message. My name is Catherine Corella. I am your podcast host, blog writer, and now candidate for the Town of Babylon Town Clerk. To learn a little bit more about me, please go to my website, Catherine with a C, forbabylon.com. On that site, you can see my upcoming events and sign up to volunteer. I really hope to hear from you. Now back to our episode. Hey, Dorothy, how's it going? I'm doing fine, thanks, Catherine. How are you tonight? Doing good, doing good. Been doing some research on in, uh, the updates on the Thomas Vala case. Yes. A lot of interesting uh, stuff. You want to, uh, let's let's hear what you've heard. Or sure. You've heard. Uh, so big week coming up. Uh, there's a family court case in, I believe, central Islip for the Valva case. And then there is... Uh, district court which is criminal court out in riverhead i believe thursday a week from today uh so i i'm unable to attend but i did speak with a good friend in nassau county who follows the cases quite closely and uh he told me that the criminal case is actually open to the public so they may let people in and as a matter of fact i noticed today on linkedin that the judge on that case was looking at my linkedin profile Oh, are you serious? Yes. But then again, I had probably looked at his. Uh, oh, okay. Two, so he probably got the same notification. You know what I mean? Right. It's not a big okay. deal. It's not okay. a big deal. Um, but yes, it's Judge Condon, C-O-N-D-O-N. Okay. Um, now, why is it? What, what's the family court for? Is it for the, the kids? Yes. Yeah, so family court usually pertains to... Uh, child support, alimony, visitation, I don't know. I mean, obviously, for those of you who are listening for the first time, I mean, Michael Valva is in jail. He's sitting in Riverhead mm-hmm. or in Yapank, one or the other, Yapank Central. And then uh, his quote-unquote fiance Angela Polina, is in the other jail. I think one is in Central Isop, one is 
one is in Yapank, one is in Riverhead. Right. And uh, I don't know the details of the family court proceeding, Catherine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. That. That's okay. I just thought it was interesting why mm-hmm. they are in family court. Um, maybe it's a formality they have to uh, do with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really uh, sure. And if, if anybody's listening and uh, don't remember this case, this is the one where the boy was forced to stay in the garage uh, when it was 17 or was it 19 degrees out? Mm-hmm, in a way, it was under 20 degrees out and he, yes. he was forced to sleep on a concrete uh, floor and he died. Now, um, it's so interesting because the cameras that they had in the home and Justina flatly accused the dad of trafficking the boys. Now, she doesn't have proof, but um, I I would suspect that the fact that the kids had cameras on them in their bedroom and in the bathroom. Catherine, uh, right, just to tell you, she doesn't have proof. Yes, she does. Okay, she does? Okay, perfect. Absolutely, 100% has evidence. And that is in the form of um, disclosures and artwork uh, drawn by the children, uh, testimonies, statements that they've made to two uh, therapists on Long Island, including Barbara Burkhardt, who, by the way, was the same therapist involved in the Besson case. Now, isn't that an interesting little twist? Uh, so the two surviving boys, i.e. the brothers of Thomas, uh, drew pictures. They spoke about being taken to a place where they were placed in kinta cages. And I'm going to try not to cry because this is very hard to talk about. Uh, and I'm not reading it right off, but I did read all the, I did read the statements and I reviewed the artwork. She held up the artwork in front of Tim Sini's office. Now, Tim Sini is a Suffolk County District Attorney. She had pleaded with the judges in Nassau County about the dangers of her husband, her then, you know, her ex-husband. Actually, they were estranged. They were not yet divorced. How he was manipulative and, and forceful with the boys, even when he would transfer them for visitation. Uh, he would pull their hands. I, the first time I'll never forget, I watched the video. I thought, "This is this. There's something really wrong with this guy. Uh, the way that he treats the children and pulling them, forcing them. There, you know, two of them have autism. Two of the three boys. And in terms of what the boys, just the surviving boys, disclosed, they talked about being taken to a place, Catherine, where some of the, well, all of the adults were masked. Uh, they had. They had shirts with Satan on the front, picture of Satan, Mm -hmm. and then fire symbol on the back. They also were placed into some types of cages. They were poked. They were wrapped with tape over their mouths. They were injected with something into their anus. They were tortured. They put the men, the adults had chainsaws running right up in front of them. Uh, Now, those listeners who are shocked to hear this, oh, this can't be... Uh, let me just remind you that child sex trafficking is a billion-dollar industry, and extreme torture, uh, BDSM, satanic rituals, and the dark web—it's very—it's very real. We learned a lot here on Long Island about torture and videos through the Long Island serial killing case and the DVDs that were found in former Suffolk County Police Chief Jimmy Burke's duffel bag, one of which showed a woman being tortured. 
So when you think about, you know, how people make money, this, this is super demonic, super evil. It's actually, and you know, I posted this many, many, many times, but actually it's the second highest growing business globally, right under drug trafficking. So, yes. Oh, but yes. people don't want to talk about it. They don't want to think it exists, but it, you know what? You have to get involved and you have to do something because if it's, if it's not your cook, your child, but it, it could be. Yes, it could be. And as a matter of fact, two uh, NYPD officers were recently arrested for approaching and grooming a 16 year old, 15 or 16 year old girl, vulnerable girl. And the, the single mom, the mom reached out uh, to authorities and she noticed and she actually saw the communication on the girl's cell phone. We know here on Long Island and we have found evidence of men um, who target vulnerable girls, daughters of, you know, single moms on welfare, pay them some money, engage in sex. You know, I have a very big story that I'm going to be breaking. Not quite yet. I've got to wait a little while because I'm working with the authorities, but a registered child sex offender who... Um, who I met in Oak Beach and did not know he was a registered sex offender, um, only to find out that he has personal connections to Jimmy Burke. So again, I'm not going to be coming out with this quite yet. I'm not afraid of him. Um, I am disgusted by the way um, in which he approached me and, you know, tried to weasel his way into my life. This is someone you would meet and think, oh, what a great guy. He's so handsome. He's fun. He's, you know, great guy. But no, they're they're the charmers. They're the sociopaths. They're the ones that groom the kids, the, the coaches, the teachers, the art teachers, the priests, the ministers, the next door neighbor, even the uncle who threaten children don't say anything. Um, in the case of the Valva case, as are in the case of the Valva boys, all three boys were sex trafficked. And as a matter of fact, in July 2018, Justina took them to the Cohen's Children's Hospital, uh, which is in Nassau County. And she uh, had them tested for, you know, sexual abuse. And Catherine, I went on a deep dive investigation because number one, I know that hospital quite well. I have, you know, twins I raised in Manhasset. So many, many people of children in that area know Cohen's Children's Hospital. <laughs> and number two, I knew the only way that I was going to be able to get the truth is if I spoke to the doctor. So I tracked down the doctor who was on duty that night. He has since moved to Colorado. He claims that he doesn't remember the Valva case. And I thought to myself, how can someone be a medical doctor? And a distraught mom brings three little boys under the age of 10 into the hospital emergency room, has all of them tested, which means they take specimens. And they had the specimens, they, the notes in the system said that uh, they were awaiting ACF. Now it's very, What's sort of fascinating is that they lived in Valley Stream. Valley Stream, Catherine, is Nassau County. That's CPS in Uniondale. Why on God's green earth would they wait for ACF? ACF is the city. Maybe it's because where this, the hospital is located, it's borderline with Queens, but the children lived in Valley Stream and were spending time with their father. So allegedly, those specimens were never taken uh, that they were left in the refrigerator, possibly disposed. And then also after Thomas Valva's death, Catherine, 
she, you know, they did an autopsy. Did you know that the Suffolk County Medical Examiner is refusing to give the autopsy report to Justina, the mom? I read that and I don't understand why he uh, is doing that. Is there a reason why? Be- I Because it's an open investigation, but I'm telling you that does not make any sense. Because that if you think about it, it still doesn't justify him not giving that to the mother. If it, were, if it were my child and and my child had died, I have the right to see that report, even if there is a criminal investigation underway. And I'll tell you why we know that for a fact. Shannon Gilbert who went missing May 1st, 2010 in Oak Beach. Her family was able to get a copy of the Suffolk County Medical Examiner's report stating that her cause of death was inconclusive. But that is still an open investigation. Shannon Gilbert's death is an open investigation involving many members of the Oak Beach community, including Joseph Brewer. So back to Velva, again, I wish someone could reach out to you or me who knows this case and explain why Justina has not been able to get a copy of her deceased son's autopsy report. Now, when the father called 911 and said, oh, I'm trying to resuscitate him, he claimed that he fell, but yet there were no bruises or scratches on the little boy's body. He claimed that he was in the garage and that he put him in the shower. Allegedly, Tim Seney, the Suffolk County DA, has viewed the videos, Catherine. This is one of the worst cases I have ever read about, known about. Horrific shots. And it's not only that, it's the stepmother or soon-to-be stepmother was doing these acts as well. She was abusing the kids. There is no doubt in my mind that that, and I will refrain from what I want to call her, was complicit in the abuse and knew that the money was rolling in. You can't take his salary at $90,000 even with overtime and explain how almost $400,000 came into his bank account. And we know from money laundering investigations and illicit activities, and we know from Joseph Brewer and Chris Wolf at TD Bank that massive amounts of money can be generated on the dark web by live torture, child sex trafficking there is a market there are people who consume that content whether it's photos videos and or live streams they pay with cryptocurrency they pay with other means there are many of these payment channels and platforms set up overseas so it's very hard for the fbi and other agencies to truly investigate it however those monies came in and out of jp morgan chase a major bank in the united states and i'm going to actually make a call to someone I know at J.P. Morgan Chase, higher than the anti-money laundering team down in Texas, and make them aware of this case. Because when I went into Manhasset and spoke to with the Chase branch manager, because I know her, I know them quite well. She said, "Dorothy, they, it's the back office. It's the back office that would pick up suspicious activities into Valva's case, into Valva's account. We wouldn't do that at the branch." You know, obviously Valva lived in Belmore and then he lived in Center Mauritius, wherever he did his banking, or maybe he did his banking in the city because he was bait he was with NYPD. But it's highly suspect those volumes of, of monies coming and going in his account. It's very highly suspicious. I, I really do believe that. I do believe because why have cameras in the bedroom, the garage, and uh the bathroom. And it wasn't just nest, Catherine, it was ring as well. Yeah. So they had right? Well, they I know they got the ring uh, video, which clearly showed uh, some uh, activity on that that made them uh, 
uh, get arrested. So I, I believe it was from that video, correct? Yes, it was from that video. And I just want to take a few minutes, if you don't mind, or just a minute and say that I, you know, I ask everyone for their prayers for Justina and her two surviving sons, the horrific um, atrocities that they have undergone for over a decade. She has fought in the court to tell the judges how dangerous her um, estranged husband was to to show them evidence only to be, um, you know, be the victim of, you know, bias, misogyny, possibly even anti-immigrant mentality in the courts. You know, she's well, from Ma Michael Mala, he had means to uh, mm -hmm. give money to the judges. Do you think that's even a possibility? There's, they need to investigate. They need to lift every rock, every stone about Michael Valva, look into his attorneys, uh, the female attorney who sold his house to him, the whole sold the house to them, uh, the Belmore connection where he lived before, you know, who, he was living with someone in Belmore. So basically went from Valley Stream to Belmore to Center Mauritius. That needs to be investigated. Um, you know, Belmore has a really strange, odd cluster of convicted sex offenders. Uh, so that needs to be investigated by possibly even Nassau County Police Department. They have a sex offender registry department. They have they have very good detectives in Mineola. Um, and then if you think about the time they spent in the house in Santa Mauritius, Catherine, I, I, I just shake my head in amazement with the grace and strength of this mother, uh, Justina. She filed a 99-page, $200 million lawsuit and I hope she wins every penny, but despite that money, she'll never get her son back. That it just no, like, no. you know, just to say also a quick prayer for the victims of the crash and quag. You know, I'm from Manhasset. It hit our community really, really hard. Uh, you know, um, Michael Farrell, his brother James and Ryan Keyes and his girlfriend, Brianna Maglio, Brie, who's still in intensive care, you know, uh, in, a, in a coma. I just ask everyone, keep them in your prayers also the driver from pakistan leaving behind his widow and three very young children in bayshore um, and also for the family of the driver uh in in, in shirley they lost their son it, it you know there's a lot of finger pointing going on but all these people they lost family members it's 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 so tragic it was preventable um new york state is looking into that um the quag you know situation in terms of the turn where the driver was going at a very high high speed and a dangerous t corner and a dangerous turn. But as I ask everyone, just keep, you know, keep Justina and her, and her two surviving boys and, and all the victims of this past Saturday um, crash in your prayers. Prayers are very powerful. Um, yes, they and, are. You know, I, they really are. And thank I, you also. I, I and I also, yeah, Catherine, I also keep you and your daughter and your granddaughter in my prayers every day. Uh, that means a lot. And in case nobody knows, I didn't want to post it on social media, but you know what? I do believe in the power of prayer. I, I grew up in the Catholic church and uh, maybe I'm not so religious now, but I am still very uh, spiritual. I still have all my uh, religious items and pictures around the house. My daughter is 28. She's in a coma. She's been on a ventilator now for two weeks. And from...
Yes, back on. Okay. All right. So we'll just have to edit that. Sure. Um, so yeah, I was talking about my daughter and um, I, 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 I've been asking for prayers constantly and um, let's hope it works because um, she's only 28. But anyways, all right. So let's get back to the Valva case. So I, I did see that they confiscated the video from Ling and Nest. Uh, do you happen to know what's on those videos? Because I did read that it did show, um, I believe this was from Nest uh, camera, that it showed Polina pulling down Thomas down the stairs. Yes, that's what I that's what I heard, but I can't confirm it um, because, you know, obviously the DA's office, prosecutors at the county level and or the Suffolk County Police would know what exactly is on those videos. But yes, they... They recorded them and she had given them access to the house and the videos and then allegedly changed the password. Uh -huh. So there's a big issue about whether the videos can be entered into evidence and the argument by the prosecutors, by the Suffolk County DA's offices, you know, oh, because she gave, they, were, they were obtained without a warrant, I think she said. But she had gave access. She, gave, right. she let them in. She, she gave did. access. And so there's a special, I don't know the legal term, but there is a way by which they can argue that it was... Um, like a, a valid seizure, it, that it was not illegal. They did not need a warrant. So for, I'll give you an example. Someone came into my home, um, if I called the police and they witnessed something and they saw, saw let's say for sake, sake of argument, a gun uh, and it was illegal, uh, they they viewed it, uh, it, it, would, it could be presented into as evidence in, in a court case, even though they did not have a warrant to search my house and find the gun. So yes, there are there are ways that they can argue this case. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But I, I do believe the, the videos, it's it's uh, it's very chilling. I, I have not seen the videos. I've only read what was on the videos. And uh, this case is just taking so many turns because in the very beginning, you know, it's hard because we got to know what's going on with the investigation because when this happened, mm -hmm. uh, then COVID hit. Yes. It brought everything to a halt. Okay. So yes. nobody was meeting with anyone. And now, I mean, what is going on with CPS? Are they being investigated? Who is investigating them? Right, so there were discussions by CPS in Suffolk County that they would undergo certain reforms. Ugh, the bottom line, it's pathetic. I'm hearing, I continue to hear about cases of, of children being taken from protective moms without no reason at all because the mom took the child to the doctor. Uh, there's so much corruption, there are bribes, uh, there is bias, there are campaign contributions being made to judges by lawyers wink wink nod nod people play golf together it's very chummy country club like you take oak beach and all the chumminess that was going on in the secret parties and you multiply that by a hundred and you can't even imagine how despicable uh the the corruption is within nassau and suffolk counties but back to valve i'll just read you know one of the reports is video and audio recordings and other key evidence against the former nypd officer and his then fiance what was legally obtained by Suffolk County police investigators and should be admissible at trial, prosecutors argued in newly filed court documents. However, the defense attorneys are arguing that the video was obtained without permission or a search warrant and therefore should be suppressed. There's critical 
information of these crimes on those videos. And that's why those videos are just as important in this case as Shannon Gilbert's 911 call is in, in that particular case. So, yes. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree. Um, they're, they're definitely. Because if they throw those out, then what do they have besides documentation? On paperwork, there's there's really nothing else because except for maybe the teachers and the principal at their school. I mean, the video, according to prosecutors, shows Thomas shivering on the floor of an oh unheated garage. That, that broke it, my heart. I mean, and then also that night, that morning, I believe it was when she had mentioned to was it the day before? I don't remember exactly, but I do know that Justina, you know, had stated this also in her written summary. Uh, that Thomas was in the garage. He was pleading, you know, probably so poor little thing. He was probably so cold, so hungry. I can't even, can't even imagine what he went through. You know, so little. He was only nine. So and you know what? That's thin. not even. You know what? And the thing is, is that uh, the stepmother, Paulina, she made them go to school with urine-soaked clothes, not feeding them, and you can only imagine. You know how kids can be cruel. Of course. I'm sure these kids got teased and made fun of. I'm oh sure. my gosh, but I can't, like, the woman has to be severely unhinged, mentally ill, a just brutal, sadistic psychopath to allow little boys, on the, put them on the bus, and then I think something about one of the boys that the father was trying to coax him so that he would go to a different school. Yes. I mean, if it, the, the psychopathy of child sex abusers you know, keeping them silent, threatening them, withholding food from them. I can't even imagine also from the sisters, the three girls in that home, what they witnessed, the trauma that they witnessed, how these boys were treated, Thomas in particular, kept in the garage. I get allegedly they brought the dog in, but left, left Thomas in the garage. And the other issue is that Paulina had, um, Angela Paulina had communicated with Michael Valva, who was at work, about, you know, Thomas being cold or wanting to come out. And the way that he spoke about his son, his own flesh and blood. It, Catherine, I really sincerely hope that Tim Seney, and if you're listening to this, Tim, that the two female prosecutors... Again, leave no stone unturned and prosecute these two monsters. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, they're they were actually creating waves, you know, to harm these boys. And and it's it's under I, it, that I can't understand why they were singled out. Why not the girls? Which I'm very glad that they weren't tormented or abused. But what was the reasoning to single out these boys? Um, maybe because they're not her kids. Who knows? I, I, but being a mother, you, it, it's instinct and nurturing. Of course, no. Even I mean, if it's I, not your kids. Kathy, when I was a stepmom, we all moved in together in Manhattan. I got married in November 2008. I sat down with my stepsons. Even before I married my second husband, I told them, I will treat you the same equally as my children. Because I was raised by, um, I had a mom and a stepmom. There was so much love in my family. And I'll never forget, you know, with Gerald and Kevin. Just telling them, I will be there for you. I'll help you with your homework. I'll go to your sports events. As a matter of fact, I wanted to do more. And then my then husband was pulling me back. He didn't want me to. I don't think he wanted me to get as close to his children 
um, you know, for separate reasons that are going to come out later, um, probably in a federal, in a criminal trial against my ex-husband, Chris Wolf. But, but, but suffice to say that she did not treat her, those boys well at all. They were severely abused. They were sex trafficked. I would be very curious to find out if she was in the car when, when Michael Balva drove them to at least one and possibly two different locations to those cages, to those pedophile satanic men, one of them named Mac, wearing wearing clown masks. I believe those boys, Catherine, most children who've been sexually abused don't lie about it. They, no, they, they no. really don't. And plus they were autistic. So um, I think adults tend to think maybe they're not gonna say anything. Uh, they're going to be quiet about it, but it was quite the opposite, wasn't it? Well, Thomas was outspoken. I, I have a feeling, you know, if of the three boys, he probably stood up to his dad, which meant that he was punished. Uh, and I'm very proud of Justina for protecting her boys. I'm disgusted by the continued actions of CPS, including in Nassau County, when they would just, you know, show up and, you know, check, leave her alone. The poor woman has been through hell. She lost her son. Been through a lot, yes. I mean, leave her alone. She hadn't seen her children in in a two-year time span. And the interview, uh, when she got the boys back, two of the boys back, um, she said they would just eat breakfast. And as soon as breakfast was over, they wanted to know when when was lunch, when was dinner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it breaks your heart that they... They were just so starved, not only from love, but from food as well. You know, it's just, this case is just, it's so, so heartbreaking. And also, I think because Michael Valva was NYPD, he's very much fits the mold of someone kind of similar to Jimmy Burke, who's law enforcement and believes he uh, can evade the law or he's above the law or he'll do things and get away with it. And I'll just read a very important sentence. Suffolk County prosecutors Carrie Ann Kelly and Grazia DiVicenzo wrote in their post-hearing memo that based on testimony from Suffolk County police officers, including homicide detectives, Valva and Polina spoke willingly to Suffolk County police officers and allowed investigators to enter and search their center Mauritius home on the day that Thomas died. So either they were very, very good in terms of you know, hiding their criminal activity. They probably had, you know, a lovely home. I know they had a cleaning lady and everything looked so beautiful and white picket fence. But the reality of what was going on in that home is a very different story. I know, that's that, that's really... So when do you think, I mean, are they still trying to gather evidence? That I don't know, the next court date uh, for this in particular, uh, there's obviously, as I mentioned before, the civil, the, the family court case, and then um, the criminal court case will be August 5th for oral arguments on whether um, Michael Valva and Angela Polina should have separate trials. Uh, I'm hoping they have joint trial because it's kind of similar to Spoda and McPartland. That's how all that all the details come out and the the interconnectivity right if you recall in in december 2019 before covid hit that was the federal prosecution of the former suffolk county da thomas spoda and the head of government corruption bureau um, mcpartland christopher mcpartland similar to this having a joint trial uh you know 
presents them as, you know, co-conspirators, you know, co-child abusers, co-child sex traffickers, co-money launderers. But there are also other components, Catherine, of this case that really need to be addressed at the federal level because of money laundering. So I allegedly, Tim Sini, the Suffolk County GA, had referred either portion or, or all of this case to the feds. I, I certainly hope that he is speaking to the DOJ because that is where he sort of cut his teeth, right? He came to mm-hmm. us in Suffolk County Police Department from the from the DOJ. Uh, and he knows all about prosecution and evidence and chain of evidence. So I certainly hope that the feds are involved in this case just as they should be in the, uh, the Gilgo serial killings case. Yeah, that would be something because these two... Now, do we know anything with Steve Ballone? Uh, remember he said that he was going to do an invest. His, his team, I'm sorry, was going to do an investigation into CPS. But yet I've never heard anything or read anything about it. Have you? I haven't. Uh, the Suffolk County Legislature, you know, they have various committees. And one of the committees focuses on Department of Social Services, Child Welfare... So if anything were to be created in terms of a special investigation, I believe it would be at the Suffolk County Legislature level in Hop Hog. And they definitely should have someone on the outside looking in to see what's going on. Why were there wasn't sufficient uh, visits from a CPS worker? Oh, they did have visits at the home. They but were- it wasn't enough, correct? Well, like a typical, again, you know, uh, convincing, smiling Cheser cat. Excuse me. They <laughs> they did have uh, CPS workers there. They they did have phone calls. Phone calls were made by the school nurse and other members of the school staff where the boys went to elementary school. Uh, and it is. it's incredulous I'm incredulous in terms of how convincing Michael Valva must have been painting a picture of Justina in whatever negative light he did so but the power that he had and there's only one reason that he's gotten away with this for so long and that is that the lawyers that he had had working for him and the family court are very well connected here on Long Island. There is most definitely a criminal cabal. There is most definitely there are most definitely people involved in child sex trafficking, money laundering, uh, federal felonies, and it's going to take someone like Tim Sini or his replacement uh, to disclose to us, we the people, the public, uh, who has been who was involved in that. You can't you cannot take a case like this, Catherine, before in front in the courts with so much evidence and not think for one moment that Valva was protected, that those pedophiles who tortured the boys operating most likely on the Long Island, on Long Island are protected. That could very well be people of high standing in our community. Mm-hmm. And that is the mo- that's the biggest challenge is to ascertain who are these individuals? Why are they being protected? We know from Oak Beach and Gilgo serial killings case with Strickoff, Tim Sini, Steve Ballone, they all have the goods on each other, Catherine. 
it's like who's going to crack first that's what it all comes down to and we've seen that already uh, especially with the gilgo case we saw so many fall from there so we we're coming up at the end um what's your last thought on the bala case uh that i'm well i'm pleased that they have two kind of tough as nails female prosecutors on this case uh i have heard very positive things about judge condon and he's in riverhead again that's the district court criminal court uh i believe my personal view is that the feds need to do a deep dive investigation on john lo turco he is um valva's defense attorney they need to look in the into the records of the house sale they need to go through really rip through all of the phone records bank accounts i mean this is a very typical you know criminal investigation forensic investigation but unless people from tim sinis um and the zuffy county investigators together with zuffy county detectives and with the help of the feds if that investigation is not currently underway then it's going to take uh, a force out of either Washington DC uh or something military related to get this done. Wow. That's insane, but it has to be done. Uh thank you Dorothy so much for the updates. I mean, I know they all came out this week. Uh I did not have as much time to read about them as you did, but I knew you would have the answers. And uh let's hope something happens soon to these two. You know, because uh it's not just one was the monster it was both so these kids never had a chance i agree i agree and uh you know hope you know thomas valva's passing has you know has to have meaning there has to be something that comes out of this to to help other children um as we speak today catherine there are children being sex trafficked on long island all over our country and people like you said they don't want to talk about it. it's uncomfortable the cognitive dissonance well we need to shove that all to the side and grab the bull by the horns not talking about the bull that's loose on long island but <laughs> literally grab the bull by the horns and 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 teach parents you know just quickly i was going to give a free course on you know child sex trafficking the dark web on my former Facebook account back in October 2020, I had 60 moms and grandparents signed up in Belmore. Someone who didn't like what I was going to do. Again, pro bono was going to was going to charge for the class. Someone managed to have my entire Facebook account shut down. I had almost 5,000 followers and friends, family, oh. family, family friends, Dartmouth classmates, <clears throat> graduate school McKinsey. I had my incredible global network since 2010 I believe I had my Facebook account maybe 2009 I mean Catherine I had people from 16 countries at my wedding because I had lived in five different countries around the world from my career and someone again didn't like the fact that I was going to be giving a class on how to teach parents and this was during covid remember when all the kids were going online yes. how to how to protect them from predators how to look for red flags how to keep them safe and even on video games children are are targeted Oh, yes, because they home. talk to strangers who they yes. think is their age. Exactly. Bingo. And I would love to know who had my Facebook account shut down. Maybe I'll never find out, but it definitely had to do some has to do with the fact that um there are very powerful forces that silence people who uh want to protect parents, who want to teach others about 
these dangers. And I also refer all our listeners to erinslaw.org, I believe it is, E-R-I-N law.org. Erin Marin in the Midwest, she's an amazing mom of three beautiful girls, and um, she and her husband raising their family. She was sexually abused by her cousin and also by an adult male when she was a little girl. And she has gone state to state, Catherine, to uh, implement this law to be taught in starting in the elementary schools about um, the, you know good touch versus bad touch and helping children to understand that they can go talk to someone if there's someone who's making them feel uncomfortable. Because groomer pedophiles and people who are sex traffickers, they're very adept at grooming children. Yeah, they are. Yep, they, they, and it's, um, they're very good at getting someone who's just a little bit older than them to make, to help them groom them as well. And you know what I'm saying, right? Yes, and, and we should probably do a segment even on how children are, are sex trafficked out of foster care in New York State. We, we can, I can easily find one or two parents who are willing to talk about what happened to their children in foster care. It, it's, it is appalling what goes on. And scary. Thank you, Dorothy, so much for tonight. Thank you, Catherine. Have a nice evening. You too. She's in a coma. She's been on a ventilator now for two weeks. And from... Yes, back on. Okay. All right. So we'll just have to edit that. Sure. Um, so yeah, I was talking about my daughter and um, I, I, I've been asking for prayers constantly and um, let's hope it works because um, she's only 28. But anyways, all right. So let's get back to the Valva case. So I, I did see that they confiscated the video from Ling and Nest. Uh, do you happen to know what's on those videos? Because I did read that it did show, um, I believe this was from Nest uh, camera, that it showed Polina pulling down Thomas down the stairs. Yes, that's what I that's what I heard, but I can't confirm it um, because, you know, obviously the DA's office, prosecutors at the county level and or the Suffolk County police would know what exactly is on those videos. But yes, they... They recorded them and she had given them access to the house and the videos and then allegedly changed the password. Uh So there's a big issue about whether the videos can be entered into evidence and the argument by the prosecutors, by the Suffolk County DA's office is, you know, she Because they were were obtained without a warrant, I think she said. But she had gave access. She she let them in, she She gave access. And so there's a special, I don't know the legal term, but there is a way by which they can argue that it was, like a, a valid seizure, it, that it was not illegal. They did not need a warrant 
So for, I'll give you an example. Someone came into my home. Um, if I called the police and they witnessed something and they saw, saw let's say for sake of argument, a gun uh, and it was illegal, uh, they they viewed it. Uh, it, it would it could be presented into as evidence in, in a court case, even though they did not have a warrant to search my house and find the gun. So, yes, there are there are ways that they can argue this case. OK, OK. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe the the videos. It's it's uh it's very chilling. I I have not seen the videos. I've only read what was on the videos, and uh, this case is just taking so many turns. Because in the very beginning, you know, it's hard because we got to know what's going on with the investigation. Because when this happened, mm-hmm. uh, then COVID hit. Yes, it brought everything to a halt. Okay, so yes. nobody was meeting with anyone. And now, I mean, what is going on with CPS? Are they being investigated? Who is investigating them? Right. So there were discussions by CPS in Suffolk County that they would undergo certain reforms. The bottom line is pathetic. I'm hearing, I continue to hear about cases of, of children being taken from protective moms without no reason at all because the mom took the child to the doctor. Uh, there's so much corruption. There are bribes, uh, there is bias, there are campaign contributions being made to judges by lawyers, wink, wink, nod, nod, people play golf together. It's very chummy country club. Like you take Oak Beach and all the chumminess that was going on in the secret parties and you multiply that by a hundred and you can't even imagine how despicable the, the corruption is within Nassau and Suffolk counties. But back to Valve, I'll just read, you know, one of the reports is video and audio recordings and other key evidence against the former NYPD officer and his then fiance what was legally obtained by Suffolk County police investigators and should be admissible at trial. Prosecutors argued in newly filed court documents. However, the defense attorneys are arguing that the video was obtained without permission or a search warrant and therefore should be suppressed. There's critical information of these crimes on those videos. And that's why those videos are just as important in this case as Shannon Gilbert's 911 call is in in that particular case. So yes. Oh yeah, I I definitely uh, agree. Uh, Definitely. Because if they throw those out, then what do they have besides documentation on paperwork there's there's really nothing else because except for maybe the teachers and the principal at their school i mean the video according to prosecutors shows thomas shivering on the floor of an unheated garage that that broke my heart i mean and then also that night morning i believe it was when she had mentioned to was it the day before i don't remember exactly but i do know that justina you know, had stated this also in her written summary uh, that Thomas was in the garage. He was pleading, you know, probably so poor little thing. It was probably so cold, so hungry. I can't even, can't even imagine what he went through. You know, it was so little. He was only nine. So and you know what? That's even, you know what? And the thing is, is that uh, the stepmother, Paulina, she made them go to school with urine-soaked clothes, not feeding them. And you can only imagine, you know how kids can be cruel. Of course. I'm sure these kids got teased and made fun of. I'm oh sure my gosh, but I can't, like, the woman has to be severely 
unhinged, mentally ill, a just brutal, sadistic psychopath to allow little boys, on the, put them on the bus. And then I think something about one of the boys that the father was trying to coax him so that he would go to a different school. Yes. I mean, if it, the, the psychopathy of child sex abusers, you know, keeping them silent, threatening them, withholding food from them. I can't even imagine also from the sisters, the three girls in that home, what uh -huh. they witnessed, the trauma that they yeah. witnessed, how these boys were treated, Thomas in particular, kept in the garage. I get allegedly they brought the dog in, but le left Thomas in the garage. And the other issue is that Paulina had, um, Angela Paulina had communicated with Michael Valva, who was at work, about, you know, Thomas being cold or wanting to come out. And the way that he spoke about his son, his own flesh and blood, it, Catherine, I really sincerely hope that Tim Sini, and if you're listening to this, Tim, that the two female prosecutors, again, leave no stone unturned and prosecute these two monsters. Yeah, because you know what? I mean, they're, they were actually creating waves, you know, to harm these boys. And, and it's, it's under, I, it, that I can't understand why they were singled out, why not the girls, which I'm very glad that they weren't tormented or abused, but what was the reasoning to single out these boys? Um, maybe because they're not her kids? Who knows? I, I, but being a mother, you, it, it's instinct and nurturing. Of course. Yeah. No, Even I mean, if it's I, not your kids. Catherine, when I was a stepmom, we all moved in together in Manhasset. I got married in November 2008. I sat down with my stepsons. Even before I married my second husband, I told them, I will treat you the same equally as my children. Because I was raised by, um, I had a mom and a stepmom. There was so much love in my family. And I'll never forget, you know, with Gerald and Kevin, just telling them, I will be there for you. I'll help you with your homework. I'll go to your sports events. As a matter of fact, I wanted to do more. And then my then husband was pulling me back. He didn't want me to, I don't think he wanted me to get as close to his children, um, you know, for separate reasons that are gonna come out later, um, probably in a federal, in a criminal trial against my ex-husband, Chris Wolf. But 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 suffice to say that she did not treat her, those boys well at all. They were severely abused. They were sex trafficked. I would be very curious to find out if she was in the car when, when Michael Valva drove them to at least one and possibly two different locations to those cages to those pedophile satanic men one of them named mac wearing cl wearing clown masks i believe those boys catherine most children who've been sexually abused don't lie about it no they, they, they really don't and plus they were autistic so um i think adults tend to think maybe they're not gonna say anything uh, they're going to be quiet about it, but it was quite the opposite, wasn't it? Well, Thomas was outspoken. I, I have a feeling, you know, of the three boys, he probably stood up to his dad, which meant that he was punished. Uh, and I'm very proud of Justina for protecting her boys. I'm disgusted by the continued actions of CPS, including in Nassau County, when they would just, you know, show up and, you know, check, leave her alone. The poor woman has been through hell. She lost her son. Been through a lot, yes. I mean, uh, leave her alone. Right? She hadn't seen her children in two in a two-year time span. And the interview, uh, when she got the boys back, two of the boys back, um, 
she said they would just eat breakfast and as soon as breakfast was over they want to know when when was lunch when was dinner mm-hmm. and you know it breaks your heart that they they were just so starved not only from love but from food as well you know it, it, it's just this case it's just it's so so heartbreaking and also i think because michael valva was nypd he's very much fits the mold of someone kind of similar to jimmy burke who's law enforcement and believes he uh, can evade the law or he's above the law or he'll do things and get away with it. And I'll just read a very important sentence. Suffolk County prosecutors, Carrie Ann Kelly and Grazia DiVicenzo wrote in their post hearing memo that based on testimony from Suffolk County police officers, including homicide detectives, Valva and Polina spoke willingly to Suffolk County police officers and allowed investigators to enter and search their center Marich's home on the day that Thomas died. So either they were very, very good in terms of, you know, hiding their criminal activity. They probably had, you know, a lovely home. I know they had a cleaning lady and everything looked so beautiful and white picket fence. But the reality of what was going on in that home is a very different story. I know. That's that that's really so when do you think I mean, are they still trying to gather evidence? That I don't know. The next court date uh, for this in particular, uh, there's obviously, as I mentioned before, the civil, the, the family court case, and then um, the criminal court case will be August 5th for oral arguments on whether um, Michael Valva and Angela Polina should have separate trials. Uh, I'm hoping they have joint trial because it's kind of similar to Spoda and McPartland. That's how all that all the details come out and the interconnectivity, right? If you recall in, in December, 2019, before COVID hit, that was the federal prosecution of the former Suffolk County DA, Thomas Spoda and the head of government corruption bureau, uh, McPartland, Christopher McPartland, similar to this, having a joint trial, uh, you know, presents them as, you know, co-conspirators, you know, co-child abusers, co-child sex traffickers, co-money launderers. But there are also other components, Catherine, of this case that really need to be addressed at the federal level because of money laundering. So I allegedly, Tim Sini, the Suffolk County GA, had referred either portion or, or all of this case to the feds. I, I certainly hope that he is speaking to the DOJ because that is where he sort of cut his teeth, right? He came to mm-hmm. us in Suffolk County Police Department from the from the DOJ. Uh, and he knows all about prosecution and evidence and chain of evidence. So I certainly hope that the feds are involved in this case just as they should be in the, uh, the Gilgo serial killings case. Yeah, that would be something because these two... Now, do we know anything with Steve Ballone uh, remember, he said that he was going to do an investigation. His, his team, I'm sorry, was going to do an investigation into CPS. But yet, I've never heard anything or read anything about it. Have you? I haven't. Uh, the Suffolk County Legislature, you know, they have various committees. And one of the committees focuses on Department of Social Services, child welfare. So, if anything were to be created in terms of a special investigation. I believe it would be at the Suffolk County Legislature level in Hop Hog. And they definitely should have someone on the outside looking in 
to see what's going on, why were there wasn't sufficient uh, visits from a CPS worker. Oh, they did have visits at the home. They but were it wasn't enough, correct? Well, like a typical again, you know, uh, convincing, smiling Cheshire cat. Excuse me. They <laughs> they did have uh, CPS workers there. They they did have phone calls. Phone calls were made by the school nurse and other members of the school staff where the boys went to elementary school uh, and it is incredible it's incredulous I'm incredulous in terms of how convincing Michael Valva must have been painting a picture of Justina in whatever negative light he did so but the power that he had and there's only one reason that he's gotten away with this for so long. And that is that the lawyers that the, he has working, had working for him and the family court are very well connected here on Long Island. There is most definitely a criminal cabal. There is most definitely, there are most definitely people involved in child sex trafficking, money laundering, uh, federal felonies. And it's gonna take someone like Tim Sini or his replacement uh, to disclose to us, we the people, the public, uh, who has been, who was involved in that. You can't, you cannot take a case like this, Catherine, before in front in the courts with so much evidence, and not think for one moment that Valva was protected, that those pedophiles who tortured the boys, operating most likely on the Long Island, on Long Island, are protected that could very well be people of high standing in our community. Mm-hmm. And that is the most, that's the biggest challenge is to ascertain who are these individuals? Why are they being protected? We know from Oak Beach and Gilgo serial killings case with Strickoff, Tim Sini, Steve Ballone, they all have the goods on each other, Catherine. It's like, who's gonna crack first? That's what it all comes down to. And we've seen that already, uh, especially with the Gilgo case. We saw so many fall from there. So we, we're coming up at the end. Um, what's your last thought on the Bala case? Uh, that I'm, well, I'm pleased that they have two kind of tough as nails female prosecutors on this case. Uh, I have heard very positive things about Judge Condon, and he's in Riverhead. Again, that's the district court, criminal court. Uh, I believe my personal view is that the feds need to do a deep dive investigation on John Loturco. He is um, Valva's defense attorney. They need to look in the into the records of the house sale. They need to go through, really rip through all of the phone records, bank accounts. I mean, this is a very typical, you know, criminal investigation, forensic investigation. But unless people from Tim Sini's um, and the Suffolk County investigators together with Suffolk County detectives and with the help of the feds if that investigation is not currently underway then it's going to take uh, a force out of either Washington D.C. Uh, or something military related to get this done wow that's insane but it has to be done uh, thank you Dorothy so much for 
the updates, I mean, I know they all came out this week. Uh, I did not have as much time to read about them as you did, but I knew you would have the answers. And uh, let's hope something happens soon to these two, you know, because uh, it, it's not just one was the monster, it was both. So these kids never had a chance. I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, hope, you know, Thomas Valve's passing has, you know, has to have meaning. There has to be something that comes out of this to, to help other children. Um, as we speak today, Catherine, there are children being sex trafficked on Long Island, all over our country. And people, like you said, they don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable, the cognitive dissonance. Well, we need to shove that all to the side and grab the bull by the horns. Not talking about the bull that's loose on Long Island, but <laughs> literally grab the bull by the horns and, and, and teach parents, you know, just quickly, I was going to give a free course on, you know, child sex trafficking, the dark web. On my former Facebook account back in October 2020, I had 60 moms and grandparents signed up in Belmore. Someone who didn't like what I was going to do, again, pro bono, I wasn't going to charge for the class. Someone managed to have my entire Facebook account shut down. I had almost 5,000 followers and friends, family, oh. family, family, friends, Dartmouth classmates, <clears throat> graduate school, McKinsey. I had my incredible global network since 2010. I believe I had my Facebook account, maybe 2009. I mean, Catherine, and I had people from 16 countries at my wedding because I had lived in five different countries around the world for my career. And Someone again didn't like the fact that I was going to be giving a class on how to teach parents. And this was during COVID. Remember when all the kids were going online? Yes. How to how to protect them from predators, how to look for red flags, how to keep them safe. If, even on video games, children are, are targeted. Oh, yes, your mom because they talk to strangers who they yes. think is their age. Exactly. Bingo. And I would love to know who had my Facebook account shut down. Maybe I'll never find out, but it definitely had to do something has to do with the fact that um, there are very powerful forces that silence people who uh, want to protect parents who want to teach others about these dangers and I also refer all our listeners to erinslaw.org I believe it is E-R-I-N law.org Erin Marin in the Midwest she's an amazing mom of three beautiful girls and um, she and her husband raising their family she was sexually abused by her cousin and also by an adult male when she was a little girl. And she has gone state to state, Catherine, to uh, implement this law to be taught in starting in the elementary schools about um, the you know good touch versus bad touch and helping children to understand that they can go talk to someone if there's someone who's making them feel uncomfortable. Because groomer pedophiles and people who are sex traffickers, they're very adept at grooming children. Yeah, they are. Yep, they they and it's um they're very good at getting someone who's just a little bit older than them to make to help them groom them as well. And you know what I'm saying, right? Yes, and and we should probably do a segment even on how children are are sex trafficked out of foster care in New York State. We we can I can easily find one or two parents who are willing to talk about what happened to their children in foster care. It, it's, it is appalling what goes on. And scary. Thank you, Dorothy, so much for tonight. Thank you, Catherine. Have a nice evening. You too.
thank you everyone for tuning in for this episode of the Thomas Fowler case. We hope this lights a spark for you to become an advocate for child abuse. Someone dropped the ball here and we want answers as a community. So I do a small business shout out. Gurus in Babylon Village. They're located at 36 Deer Park Avenue in Babylon Village. And you need to stop in and say hi to Ravi, the owner. He carries crystals, jewelry, clothing, handbags. It's a type of spiritual shop. It's pretty interesting. My daughter loves it. Any ideas or shout outs, you can submit on our website, www.her-community, the number two, .net. Or you can email us at hercommunity, the number two, at gmail.com. Look forward to from hearing from you. And also my third website for my campaign is Catherine with a C for Babylon.com. Oops.